Mindfulness Mode 298. I think we have to, to go through pain to develop more mindfulness. Welcome, you're listening to Mindfulness Mode, and I'm your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Thanks for joining today. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe so you won't miss any episodes. I would appreciate it if you left a message after you hear today's show, and you can do that by just going to the show notes at mindfulnessmode.com and leaving a message at the bottom, or you can email me directly, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. I love to hear from you listeners, Mindful Tribe, and I also love to share on the air, on my shows, and I wanted to tell you, uh, it was my wife's birthday on the weekend, and we went out to celebrate on Saturday. We went to a theater production at the Grand Theatre in, in, our, in our city, London, Ontario, and we just went to sit down, and the woman that was sitting absolutely beside where we were going to be sitting she looked up and she said well happy birthday and it turned out to be somebody we both know and she's a mindful tribe listener and it was just so much fun to end up randomly beside a mindful tribe listener and we chatted for a few minutes and and hey michelle great to see you again after all this time and thanks for being a devoted listener to the show it's awesome to have you have you on the other end as a listener well we are closing in on 300 episodes so get ready for a celebration i'll have gifts i'll have uh all kinds of surprises. Make sure you keep listening. My guest on episode 300 has deep knowledge of mindfulness. She's appeared for two years as the nutrition expert on the Dr. Phil show. She's been on the Today Show, on Rachel Ray, Access Hollywood, The Doctors, Inside Edition, The Bonnie Hunt Show, and NBC's iVillage Live. I will be revealing her identity soon, so stay tuned, and I think you're going to love the episode. I think you'll love today's episode as well. He's young, he's determined, he's creative, and let me tell you, he plows through fear. He's had major challenges in his life, and as a result, he's an inspiration. Sit back, relax, and enjoy hearing the fascinating story of today's guest. Hey, Mindful Tribe, we're talking today with a very fascinating guy who has done a number of different things, and whatever he's doing, he's in it 100% wholeheartedly, and I'm so excited to talk to him. It's Eric Allred. Hey, Eric, are you in mindfulness mode? I am. I'm in mindfulness mode as we speak. (laughs) That's great. Eric Allred is an entrepreneur through and through. He began his working life, though, in the corporate world as a tech consultant, but that only lasted 11 months. Then he began his entrepreneurial journey, and he partnered with a friend. They grew a company from 500 grand to over 3 million in sales in less than two years. So pretty incredible. Later, he worked with a men's clothing company and then a media holdings company, which he's currently building with a partner. And uh, yeah, doing the digital marketing work. He also took over as CEO for an e-juice and CBD oil company. And if you don't know what CBD oil is, it's it's derived from the hemp plant. It's part of the, the cannabis family. And it's now being used by thousands of people to release, uh, to release, 
review uh, to relieve symptoms from all kinds of ailments. So it's uh, really helping a lot of people. But he's uh, recently been touring the U.S. and and uh, doing a lot of different things. So. Eric, it's great to have you on the show and talk with you about mindfulness and what it means and how you stay grounded. So what does it mean? What's mindfulness to you? Yeah, um, you know, I think mindfulness to me really means the presence. And I think it's, you know, giving presence, whether it's to this interview, um, as you said, you know, to any work venture. And most importantly, as I've really learned over the past 12 months is like giving it to yourself. Um, you know, I think we're in the day and age of ultimate distraction and, and not dealing with, you know, trauma or stress or whatever it is, this, this narrative of like compartmentalizing. So when I, when I really think of mindfulness, it's just like giving attention to like those things that need attention. Well, you seem to have a knack for noticing what the, the current trends are and what, what, what is an area where you could dig in and really make a difference. And, you know, I think the thing is with the CBD oil and, and that field, that's something that uh, is kind of up and coming and certainly digital marketing. Have you always been like that? Have you always been able to sort of notice something and zero in and, and you're present and you're mindful and you think this is what I'm going to do. And you just sort of block out everything else. Is that just, the way you are as a person? It's really something I, I believe I really stumbled upon like the last 18 months, you know, 18 to 12 months. Um, I think I came to terms, I was telling you, you know, that I'm a bit of a generalist and I, I mm-hmm. think my, you know, superpower, so to speak, is to bring other really, you know, big power players into the fold and let them kind of unleash their genius. So I think just the fact that I typically am able to be in the right place at the right time, but I'm also very attuned to what's going on in the marketplace. And I'm naturally extremely curious. So I think that's allowed me to play in a couple different, you know, emerging markets, whether it's cryptocurrency, CBD, uh, digital marketing, and and know enough that I can, you know, paint a vision, create a direction, um, you know, but really allowing the people that live in that space, you know, to ultimately do um, you know, whatever their, their gift is. Well, it's interesting because some of these things are so up and coming that many people aren't even aware really of what's happening with cryptocurrency. I mean, it's being talked about a lot, but there are people in the mainstream world who just kind of shun it off like nothing at all. What do you think with cryptocurrency? Where are we going with this? Is this going to be where we are in the present in say a couple of years? Yeah. I mean, I think the important thing to realize, and this is where the industries overlap, is like the digital media has, has taught me just the influence of media networks in general, right? And we had the whole fake news scandal. So yeah. anything I hear from the mainstream media, you know, especially if it's involving like something like cryptocurrency, I immediately ask myself, like, who are the stakeholders, you know, that own these companies and, and what is their like vested interest? So like as it relates to cryptocurrency, um, I do think it's already here, and you're starting to see a lot more adaptation. Um, you know, I think some from fear, some from true belief in the technology, and others from wanting to be able to kind of drive the policy of the technology, so to speak. Um, but I definitely think it's here to stay, and I, I definitely would recommend and encourage any listener you have to begin to educate yourself about it, and and really most importantly understand that like cryptocurrency. Um, extends far beyond Bitcoin. Bitcoin's kind of become this like eponym 
for cryptocurrency that, you know, the same way Xerox or Kleenex or, you know, some of those did and, and get curious around it because cryptocurrency can be a decentralized app. It can be a platform or it could actually be, you know, a currency um, or a protocol for payment. So, you know, I think it's just important to, to kind of do your own homework. And, and I really find, you know, like Reddit and some of these other community driven information sources, you know, tend to kind of be the best. Right, right. Well, you seem to be very relaxed, yet you have so much going on. Do you meditate? Is that part of your life? Yes. And what's funny is when I meditate more, I'm definitely more grounded, but it, it typically is the hardest time to meditate. You know, I, I know for me, it's like, you know, I wake up and I, and I try to put like tangible anchors to things. It kind of helps me deal. Like I, I'm probably one of the more neurotic people. Um, and so one of the things my coach tells me is you're not allowed to put the hustler cape on you know, until you've given yourself presence for the day. Um, and much in the way I think we say like, hey, you got to work on your business as much as you work in your business. I also think you have to work on yourself before you work on your business. Um, and that's just been a huge thing for me um, to just give myself that 10, 15 minutes in the morning. Um, I'll meditate and then I'll usually follow that up with, I do some a journaling practice where I write 10 reasons I get to like pursue or achieve my vision. Um, and it's just the idea of turning like a get to, to a have to and moving, you know, from the how to the why, um, because there's just a lot more energy in that. And for anybody that's, you know, managing multiple projects or going after a big goal, um, it's really easy to get stuck in the how, and that's an extremely low energy, stressful place to be. And so when do you take that hustle cape off? Is it the same time every day? Is it like late at night? Oh, it's in the morning. And then, I try to decompress at night, but I've learned that if I don't give myself that time in the morning, there's probably like a 99% chance I won't give myself that time that day. Uh, um, and I'm, I'm in a season of life where I'm single now. I can, you know, ruthlessly pursue what it is I want to. So I'm, I'm kind of all in on that. Um, so that, that presence in the morning, you know, I think just gives me that time to really evaluate and also decide too is like is, is today a day where it's you know time to integrate some play or some fun um is it a day that you know i don't really look at the week as like monday through you know sunday it's just like it's a day and if there's a day where I, you know i just need a mental break you know i'll just take the day off it could be tuesday thursday saturday sunday um but it's more just like responding to to my body and, and you know how i'm feeling um and kind of what that calls for rather than you know, these other arbitrary, you know, kind of imposed uh, frameworks. So Eric, since you started being an entrepreneur, what's the biggest mistake you ever made that you had to deal with, which was like totally stressful? And then how did you use mindfulness to get through it? Well, I've made this mistake a couple different times, and I think I'm ready to stop learning from this mistake. Um, but I think it's being an, an, like an outcome hitter and the achiever and wanting that like dopamine hit. I, have tended to move quicker than I should have. Mm -hmm. That can benefit you in the world of like implementation. But I think it can hurt you in terms of like making really big strategic decisions, picking partners and those type of things. And so one of my practices around mindfulness has been allowing more to show up. And what I mean when I say that is, can I give myself as much time as possible to receive as much information as possible, whether it's from the marketplace, right, or life or whatever it is, and that's really helped me, I think, make more well thought out decisions 
and get more of a, like once again, like an anchor or like a grounding as to why I'm making the decision. Um, rather than like scratching that itch, you know, that I just like move on it, you know, because I like to, to close the loops. Right. So, so Eric, what are your goals? Where are you headed? Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my big goal, uh, that I set earlier this year is, you know, in three years, I really want to have one of the most influential, uh, networks in the marketplace in the U S that's why I've been traveling so much and, and taking meetings and just really seeing where I can serve and add value and build trust, um, you know, with, with the shakers and the movers and, you know, 10 years from now, it's really, you know, can I impact humanity by creating these teams? I think of it a lot. Like my, my mental picture is always like the Avengers, you know, there's like this project in Italy, but we need to pull together these like entrepreneurs. But because I've been successful enough in the marketplace, I've built enough trust and I've accumulated enough resources that I'm someone that they would trust, you know, simply on my word. So that's kind of the the part of the journey I'm in is building trust with a lot of influential people. And at the same time, uh, I guess, you know, getting my own accolades so that, you know, I can get access to the people and and bring them together. Because being a generalist, I'm just like so exposed to all these different things Um, and I may see a picture that anyone in their own silo, you know, doesn't necessarily see or in their own industry. Um, and that's just something that really gets me like fired up and it, it feeds me energetically for sure. Right. So, so building your network, does that include building your digital marketing agency? So is that kind of specifically what it is? Um, Yes and no. Like I think, right. Like if I build a big business, if I build a big fund, um, right. Like when you get certain levels of resources, it naturally open opens doors, you know, to people you may not have access to and, or you can pay to attend events to Mm -hmm. access to certain people. I'd say that's like the, the purpose it serves. Um, but the networking piece can really be, can be anything. Um, and it's not super like purpose driven networking in the sense of like, I want to meet Bruce because Bruce is on a podcast and I need this outcome. It's just more or less like kind of seeing what shows up and making sure I'm showing up as we said, like being mindful, being present, meeting other people where they're at. And if, and when it makes sense, like, you know, seeing how that piece fits into the the larger context. So you must have some teams in place that you work with. I mean, you, you must do a lot of outsourcing. How do you do that? And how do you work with those teams so that they stick with you and want to keep on? Yeah, I think for me, it's just picking really, really strong partners and really identifying and really embracing what I'm not good at and not having kind of that ego creep in. That's like, well, I need to to do all of this, right? Because I feel insignificant and finding partners that like celebrate my genius. You know, I just have a knack for whatever reason it is or the universe, whatever you want to call it, like gives me is like when I need something to happen, it just happens. And it's like this crazy manifestation process. So it's, it's really just like picking people that understand the larger vision, but it also ties in. It's a very inclusive vision, right? Like what do they want? Um, and just kind of also like staying in my lane, you know, and in my lane, as far as I'd say, you know, if it's the fund, it's fundraising, right? If it's the agency, it's building networks and, and structuring partnerships and, and finding buyers and service providers and vendors, you know, so it's all very relationship driven, which gives me a lot of autonomy. Right. Eric, I want to ask you, are you on a spiritual journey? 
Yeah, I'd say I'd say I definitely am. Um, it definitely started like this year. I'd say at this point, I'm just like super curious, and the more just aware I become, or I always refer to it sounds maybe it sounds crazy to some people, like the more online I feel myself like coming on and with like some of my leadership and stuff, like mm-hmm. I'm just really receptive to the feedback um, that I get from life. Like that's that's really the way I would put it. Is I, I don't get caught up so much in the minutia and when something happens, I question it. Like I just get curious around it, and that's been like the major shift I've seen. Is that it? Like if this hat you know happens, right? Like it's probably happening for a reason. And if something didn't happen, one thing that I really had to change was I had a lot of language around this should have, this should have, this should have, this should have. And I work with a, a coach even around mindfulness, and he he goes, Eric, no, it didn't happen. It's not it should have happened. It's just flat out it didn't happen. And you need to be curious around because it didn't happen, like what unfolded as a result of that. Um, and those are some of the things that, you know, I really like look into or, or get curious around. Well, certainly should have is being concerned about the past and, you know, dwelling on that and mindfulness is being in, in the present and realizing that there's nothing we can do about the past, although we can learn from it, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, before we hit record that you're you're heading to Guatemala. Tell me about that. What are you hoping to gain from that trip there? Yeah. So, I think for uh, you know, for me with these these events, we do them. They're called immersions. Um, uh-huh. I do one probably every two months. Like I did one earlier this year in the desert where we fasted for seventy two hours, like literally out in the middle of the desert with a journal. Um, I've come to the point where I don't really get to determine what I want. Like I get what I need. Um, I think for, you know, for me right now, it's, I've taken on a lot of projects and like, how do I show up the right way, um, for each? And also, you know, how does it kind of play into the, just like the larger mission of life? Um, I've traveled a lot this year. I'm kind of like ready to settle down in a city and, and, you know, some of that I could back out in the, like the dating world and in a lot of this other different things. So, I think it's just like going and showing up and, and trusting in the leadership I get and you know, more or less just like seeing what presents itself. So tell me what benefit fasting gave you. What was that experience like and what, was it a mindful experience? Yeah. And so the, so what, the reason we did is we actually had a raw meal and we could take it in the morning and at night and we were like uh-huh. probably, we were actually out like we went through with survival experts. We had to like we, we got deployed at like midnight. We had the headgear. It was just like really gnarly experience. Um, but the reason behind it is like we have so much distraction in life and we have so many things we take away from attention and mindfulness. You know, we, even working out, it's seen as a healthy outlet, but it is also like to an extent not coming to terms or not giving attention to pain or certain things we want. So the, the fasting part really levels out your biology. And then the fact that you're stuck with just a journal and you don't have a phone, you don't have technology, you don't have conversation, you don't have, you know, you don't have distraction, right? And so, um, you know, it really just, I think, helps like put things into perspective and it really also helps define your relationship to like the planet we live on. You know, even just being out there for like two days, oh, cool. Like I could definitely get like stung by a scorpion or like attacked by a mountain lion, but I'm actually on their land. You know, and, and it, it made me even aware too, like, wow, like we just like destroy stuff like this all the time because, you know, we feel that, you know, we deserve it. 
Um, so just introduced a lot of like interesting perspectives and then at the same time, everything I'm doing in the marketplace, like how insignificant it also like really is. Eric, I heard you talking on another interview about how you got out of school, you got this great job or what appeared to be a great job, you thought, and you started it and you thought this is amazing. You were in a hotel room and you were going down for dinner and you were talking about, you know, this just seems like the perfect place to be. And only two weeks later, that perception changed. Can you tell us about that, how quickly our perceptions can change and how we can just kind of go with the flow using some form of mindfulness. Yeah. You know, I, I think that ties into my early learning lesson of, of making decisions too quickly. Yeah. Really optimizing for the wrong things in life. Um, you know, at the time coming out of school, I was optimizing for like a prestigious job. I was optimizing for, you know, the highest pay. Um, I was optimizing, you know, for ego really. And significance. And, and I remember, yeah, I was in Marriott's in Dallas and you know, I'm in a suite. I'm like, this is awesome. Right. Like I got an expense account. I can spend a hundred dollars on a steak and like cool. And, and then you just like realize like, you know, like that's not what I'm living for. Right. And, and the majority of my time is actually spent, you know, doing this client work that one, I'm not good at like two, this is just like the worst fit possible for me. Um, and I'm really doing it about something that like, I don't care all that much about, you know, which is money. I do because it enables you to do things, you know, so I think like the way mindfulness though like works into that is like, and it's hard, you know, I think we have to, to go through pain to develop more mindfulness, right? Like out of college, you know, I was probably the most ignorant I've ever been. So, you know, I just like assumed that it was going to be all gravy, um, you know, and you quickly get that like first, you know, heavy dose reality. So I think had I vetted out my opportunities had I, you know, really thought about what the downside was. I think we, all of us make these decisions in bliss state, which isn't, you know, this super energy rich, like it's, it's not easy to maintain. And it's probably not realistic. Um, so I would invite other people that make those types of decisions, no matter how big, how long it's like, how do you make it from a state of equanimity? And that's something that I've really started to focus on this year is like, I was very up and down, up and down, and, and really how do I level out as an individual? You know, I would have times where I get wins where like I have so much like norepinephrine or you know adrenaline like pumping through my body that I'm actually exhausted. Like I actually am useless the rest of the day because I got like so high on like, you know, a victory or a deal or whatever it is. Um, and I used to get so low that I, I couldn't even like finish the work day. I'd be so stressed. So. So how do I find like that middle ground? And I think that once again, like comes back to mindfulness and like slowing down the brain, you know, and giving the, the presence to your body and how you're actually feeling and where that's coming from and, and kind of dissecting like, all right, like I'm really stressed out. Well, well, why am I stressed out? You know, like, and I have a tendency to go like 10 years in the future, which can be like a lot to digest. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, it's just slowing it down. Like, well, what matters today? Right. Like, you know, I have something bad happen. I'm like eight months in the future. Well, that affects this and this and that and this and that and this and that. And that's super helpful from like a business planning perspective because then you can help forecast. But from like a personal health and just like sanity perspective, it, it can be really daunting. So I think mindfulness really helps a lot of that. Yeah, I think you're right. Eric, do you work out? Is activity an important part of your daily routine? 
Yeah, it became a huge, a huge part. Um, I used to actually be really addicted. To, like last year, at some point, I was really addicted to like prescription medication. I uh, was uh-huh. taking a lot of Adderall, just like really, you know, smoking a lot of pot. You know, like full disclosure, just all these like very unhealthy activities. And at the beginning of the year, I adapted the keto diet, and I started also taking like exogenous ketones, uh, intermittent fasting, uh, raw meal, vitamin mineral green, udo oils, doing yoga or working out every other day. Um, and it just, it really gives me like that opportunity, I think, to just kind of like let everything out. And then also I'm in a chair quite a bit. So, you know, the yoga kind of helps keep you, the hot yoga helps keep, you know, everything like flexible and not so tight. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think a, a working out's like a non-negotiable, um, especially like long-term. So did you just walk away from that like instantly or was it, how difficult was it to, to change that lifestyle where you were no longer smoking pot, where you were no longer taking those drugs? Was it instant? Uh, it was, but it was triggered by like an event. Like I had some dark stuff going on way before that. Um, I was optimizing, like I said, for like money. I was in a bunch of debt. I made a bunch of money one month and I thought my life was going to change. And that's like the darkest pit is when you realize like you get there and you're like expecting life to be different but it really just amplifies how miserable you are. And I had actually been misdiagnosed with hyperparathyroidism and they were saying like it was a malignant cancer. And like the day um, I got a call that like they messed up the lab results like three times and I was actually completely healthy. Uh, And like once that happened, it just like snapped for me. Like I called uh, a friend that I had wanted to coach with. I coach with a group now, they're who I'm going with, you know, Guatemala. I'm like, help me out. Like, I'm open. Like, however I'm doing life right now, like, just isn't working. Um, and then they kind of got me into to energy hacking um, or biohacking and, like, just really holding energy as a priority in my biology and, and how I show up. So that led me into, um, you know, kind of the, the keto diet and, and going down that as well. And it just really, you know, they, they work a lot, too, with, like, what are your limiting beliefs? What are your stories? What are your old identities? Um, and really making you realize that like so much of this is just like in our head or it's been just like imprinted or it's like childhood trauma um, or something we just haven't given an attention to. And and so that helped me just like quit it right away um, because there was a lot of purpose behind it. Eric, were you ever bullied or were you ever a bully to others? I wouldn't say, I mean, I, I'd say I definitely like, I definitely wasn't bullied. Um, there were parts when I was younger where I was definitely the kid that tended to like overshare. I was a very yeah. emotionally tapped in kid and I wouldn't get like when people wouldn't meet me there or they would like share my secret, you know, whatever it is, like it, it would really upset me. Um, I was just very like emotional. Um, I'd say like I definitely could have been nicer at times. Like I'd be lying if I said I didn't you know, make fun of kids behind their back, but I never – to my knowledge, I'm sure I probably did bully people and I didn't view it as bullying because I got entertainment out of it. It was me just giving them a hard time. Um, but it was never like, it's a uh, malicious or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. And, you know, I asked that question because I've worked in that field and I, I really believe that mindfulness can make a difference as to how you react to it. If you are bullied or if you're a person who does that, you can come to terms through mindfulness with, hey, you know, this just it really isn't working. It's not doing anybody any good. Do you have any thoughts on that? The the bullying thing or the mindfulness or? Yeah, how mindfulness can play a role in that. Yeah, I mean, 
I just, you know, I, I guess my like take on it, you know, once again, is like what happens to us is, you know, as kids, I think really, as I've gotten more aware, I mean, you realize just how much it, it affects you and like impacts you and, and a lot of your behaviors and structures, you know, that kind of like sit on top of yeah. your essence and your identity. Like, I mean, it's, 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 it's nutty how one little event, right? Like I can remember junior year of, I guess this was kind of me getting bullied, junior year of uh, high school, AP chemistry, second class, uh, second seat, front left, Mr. Banky's class, this girl Amanda said her biceps were bigger than me in AP chem. And like I went on to put like 30 pounds on that, like that following year. And just like lifted, 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 lifted. Um, that took me into a, a point of, you know, college where like, you know, my, my significance and, and how I wanted to be received from girls, you know, as a potential, you know, hookup, so to speak. Um, Cause I was always like the friend of the friend and I was funny and I was like an older soul. And like that just kind of pushed me over the edge where then I just like wanted to drink and hook up with girls. And, you know, it really like, you know, I, I discovered this this year, like it really, really like impacted me and, and how I show up for the feminine. And that turned into like getting into, into business and in the marketplace is like, well, I need to become financially successful. So they like me for my wealth or I'm powerful or I'm significant or I'm seen. Um, and it, and it starts just like relationship where like you need something from them all the time and people can feel that. Um, and so that was like an instance, like we're being bullied and then like being mindful of it and really seeing how it impacted me. And that didn't all come at once. It was, you know, just kind of shedding, shedding layers of it, uh, was huge for me. Yeah, that's a very interesting story. Thanks for sharing that, Eric. I want to move forward as we get closer to the end of the interview and ask you five quick answer questions. So the first one is this, who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness in your life? Yeah. Um, Ben Skemper, who is my, he's my coach. All right. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Eric? Mindfulness has allowed me to realize that I can be a conduit to my emotions. I don't have to be my emotions. You know, there's something that kind of go through me. And I'm like the vessel for them. Um, but I don't necessarily need them to, to like hamper or impede me. So how is breathing part of your mindfulness? I take time almost every day and stop and breathe. Um, it's my way of bringing myself back to equanimity. It's my way of, of kind of uh, creating like a groundedness for myself. So if you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? I've got a lot of my um, leadership, I'd say like, you know, vocally, you know, through stuff. Uh, two books I've read that I think really introduced, or one book that I'd say is probably that really I read lately that was big for me is I actually read The Art of Tidying Up. I've sold about like 80% of my stuff. Um, but it really helped me with mindfulness because it, even something as simple as like clothing and the environment in which you operate, like you have a very like strong identity uh, to a lot of that stuff. Oh, that's a good point for sure. So can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? I actually don't use any apps. Um, I, I had used Headspace in, in the past, but I actually meditate without any. Uh, complete silence then? Complete silence. Yeah. I like to meditate that way too. I do sometimes use apps, but uh, a lot of times just complete silence is, 
is what I use as well. Well, how can we connect with you? How can Mindful Tribe connect with you, learn more about what you do, and kind of follow in your space? Yeah. Um, obviously, they can always just friend me on Facebook, Eric Allred. Otherwise, ericallred.com um, is where I, I kind of have my blog. I update my projects, companies I'm investing in. Um, it's kind of a little splash page uh, for my life. And it's E-R-I-C-A-L-L. R-E-D. Very easy to spell. Yeah, check it out. EricAllred.com. And I can assure you, you're going to be watching his journey and being pretty amazed at what this guy achieves. Eric, it's pretty impressive where you've come already with different things that you're working on. So thanks very much for being part of the, the show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Bruce. I enjoyed it. Yeah, great. Yeah. Bye now. Bye. Mindful Tribe, I hope you've enjoyed today's interview. If you did, please subscribe and leave a comment at the bottom of the episode on my website. That's mindfulnessmode.com. Check out the show notes. I think you'll enjoy them. I'll mention you on an upcoming episode if you do leave a comment or if you send me a message at bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. I'll share what you said and always appreciate those comments. Keep them coming in. And subscribe and share you know subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air till next time mindful tribe use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm focus and happiness stay in the mode